Good morning, friends. Happy Tuesday. This is episode 192 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast, and I am so glad you decided to spend an hour with us. This is such an amazing episode that I'm really honored to bring you. Grab your tissues. You're going to need it. I was crying so much by the end, but it is an inspirational one. So it's not just to make you cry. It's meant to inspire you that you can do hard things. My guest today is Shireen Hayward. Shireen originally reached out to nominate one of her friends. And I said, Shireen, do you know how amazing you are? I need you on the show. She is better known as Dayton's mom of the viral video, Dayton's Legs, where her son, who has a myriad of physical disabilities, including cerebral palsy, but his good friend Spencer, who was at the time 13, along with Dayton, pushed him in a triathlon. This is an incredible, inspiring video that we're going to talk more about, but we're going to talk specifically about Shireen's journey, mothering a child with severe disability. We're going to talk about raising other kids as well. She has six kids in total. She is an extraordinary mom, and she is just the sweetest. So I can't wait for you to hear from Shireen as she shares her motherhood journey. So let's get to it with Shireen Hayward. All right. I want to welcome Shireen Hayward to the show. Hi, Shireen. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me today. What an honor to be on your program. Well, it's really my pleasure. When you reached out to me and said who you were, I thought, well, of course I know who you are. I know who your family is. And I am just so excited to chat. Where Where am I speaking to you from today? I am in Gilbert, Arizona. All right. Awesome. Well, for people that may not know you, Shireen, will you just give a little background on who you are and a little bit about your family? Yes, I'd love to. Um, I am very well known as Dayton's mom, so I don't really know that many people know my name. But but I'm Dayton's mom and five other kids. And um, Dayton is my oldest, and he is a part of the Mormon message, Dayton's Legs, that came out maybe six years ago. He was, well, maybe seven. He was 12 or 13 at the time, and now he's 20. And I have five other children that are younger than him that are all um, without disabilities. So Dayton has a disability and the rest do not. And so we are, there are six in our family. And Is Dayton your oldest? He is my oldest. He's okay. 20. And then I have a 17-year-old daughter, Crescenia, um, a 12-year-old daughter, Amity, a 10-year-old daughter, Kalia, 7-year-old boy, Colt, and then the last daughter is three, Talia. Wow. And yeah. so having a child with special needs for your very first mothering experience, that had to kind of throw you right in (laughs) to trial by fire. Can you tell me about your early motherhood experience and what that was like for you, especially in terms of having a child with special needs? Yeah, you know what? I was so blessed. I think having your oldest be a child with special needs is such a blessing and such a gift because there are no expectations. And I didn't have him, um, you know, anybody to compare him to. I was raised in a family of six kids and I was always around kids. So I knew what developmentally normal meant, but having him as my first, I just truly loved him and it didn't matter that he had a disability. Um, I also trained and I graduated in recreational therapy or therapeutic recreation, which was kind of a miracle. I know definitely I was led in that path. And so I always, uh, I worked with kids with special needs before Dayton was born. So having him be born and, um, the doctor's terms and I wasn't, it wasn't as overwhelming as I think it could have been. I was very much prepared. Um, he, he came healthy. And so my delivery, everything was beautiful and and healthy. He was born, um, just a couple weeks early, but not much. And everything looked fine. It was when he was three weeks old that he started having seizures. Mm. So, um, I didn't know that he would have disabilities. I brought him home from the hospital. Everything was perfect. And then when he was three and a half weeks old, he had one small seizure in the morning and then another one at night. And um, then he started having, he had 10 a day. Then oh. the next, or, or, or I'm sorry, 10 a day, and then 100 a day. And then he started having them every 10 minutes. And so it was, it was a three and a half weeks of, I thought, perfectly normal child. And ended up, he's still normal, but he did have disabilities, so... Wow. And what did you think when that started happening? I knew it wasn't normal. I knew that that wasn't what a normal child does because it was twitching of just one side of his body. It wasn't Mm. 
like a full-blown seizure like you imagine. I mean, they're such little babies, and so seizures are, appear all, in all different ways. So I knew it wasn't normal, and my husband's out of town. He was on a scout trip. Oh, no. And um, I knew that we needed to get him to the hospital, so I waited for him to, that day. You know, 20 years ago, I didn't have a cell phone, so I couldn't call him and tell him to come home early. I waited for him to come home the next morning. He came. We went to the hospital, and we were there for a week unexpectedly. And But I didn't have other children to take care of, so... It was all, I was all in on Dayton and I, it was hard. It was scary. I, we were told that he wouldn't live. We were told that, um, a lot of really very, very sad, hard things for a parent to hear that he was, um, the term that I just recently have told him. So it's okay to say here, but he was a developmental disaster was what we heard. And Mm -hmm. that if he made it till he was two months old, like I said, it would be a miracle. Um, we were told all, all kinds of just very devastating news, and I don't know what happened to me. I decided that that didn't matter what other people said. I, Heavenly Father or God, I have a strong belief in Him. Yes, honey. Mm-hmm. I have a strong belief in Him, and I know that He's in charge, and I am not in charge, and the people aren't in charge, and whatever God says is what happens in Dayton's life. So mm. I felt strong. I was, I don't know, I was so, so blessed to feel almost um like i was going to beat the odds with dayton and with god and it, mm. it, i i was not in charge nobody else was but him wow and was there a clear <laughs> diagnosis at that time or did it take a while you know there wasn't a diagnosis he still doesn't have a diagnosis really so, no so we were able to um spend three years we went all over the world with him ucla johns hopkins hospital everywhere until my daughter was born and then she came along but we did all the research you could you could possibly do, and we were told that um, initially that, well, I guess the end, but they're not. Nobody's really sure that the, the cell cell migration abnormality. That means that during my um, while I was carrying him in vitro, the cells didn't migrate from the inside of his brain to the outside of his brain correctly. But it's just a guess, and mm-hmm. we were told to do a hemispherectomy which it looked like a wonderful idea back then, but as he's gotten older and MRIs have improved, we see that both sides of his brain are affected. So um, he has seizures originating everywhere in his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but he never did have what's called um, hypsarrhythmia, which is a really um, detrimental... Um, it, it's just a very difficult brain wave that shows that the child is regressing and Dayton has never regressed. He's just always made very small, but true improvements. Mm. So he does not have a diagnosis. And one doctor, I love this doctor. I know that he's not of my faith, but I, I love him because he said to me one time, it is a Supreme being that has created your child this way. And he is the only one that will be able to heal him. Mm. And I love him because he's a neurologist. He's a pediatric neurologist, very well known. He was getting close to retirement. And with all of the information that he knows, that the world knows, he gave the credit to God to heal Dayton. And um, I just, I believe in that. I mean, you can do so many things and you can do all the right things for your children that have disabilities or don't. And really it's, you just do your best, but you leave it in Heavenly Father's hands in the end. And I've had to do that with Dayton's life. Every day is a gift. It's just a gift Mm. for sure. And I think even for people that do not have children with special needs and, you know, aren't experiencing specifically what you've been through, still that time of waiting and uncertainty and what's next, that's really a hard thing to get through. How did you deal with those times of uncertainty and those times when, yes, you had your faith, but I'm sure you had your down days where you had to really rally. How did you do that? I did have down days. I still have down days. Yeah. Um, Life changes. Every six months, every year, I can look back and I see, wow, things have changed a lot. And I think that gave me hope. Um, there were times where Dayton wouldn't, he couldn't eat. And so for six years, we did not give him a G-tube. Uh, I was afraid to give him a G-tube. I was afraid of what that meant. I thought that meant that he was going to die, that I was giving up on his life. And so he would eat and throw up and I would clean up and try to feed him again. And he'd throw up again. And um, we did the ketogenic diet. I mean, I did, I've done all of the seizure medications you can do. I, I I've seen it all. I've done it. And I just, I look back and I recognize, wow, he's different. He's better in this area. He's improved in this area. He's doing well. And I can't dwell on today and how overwhelming it is. Although there are moments where I do sit in overwhelm, but I, if I look back and recognize 
how far I've come and how far he's come, it gives me so much hope. Even if it's just day by day, they mm. grow every day. These children with and without special needs, they change, they evolve. And, um, it's not what you're, what you're living in in the moment isn't what is going to be forever. There's always hope. So many children that have disabilities, we look at them as if they're not there. They mm. don't understand. They don't, they don't get it and they get it. They get it. They just can't express it in the normal way that we think is normal. They're expressing it in a very different way. So, um, so for Dayton in his life, I just, I've completely given him every opportunity that I would give a child without disabilities. He, um, he participates in races. He's participated in the race of Dayton's leg, but also in Ironmans and I run with him. I've done an Ironman with him. He and my friend, and I, the three of us did one. He's done one with James Lawrence, the world record Ironman holder. He goes hunting with his dad. He has a goal to shoot all 10 of the big game animals in Arizona. Now, no, he can't shoot a gun, you know, but he can pull a trigger. And so my husband gets him all set up and gets gets the gun set up. And um, and he'll pull the trigger and, and he'll wait and wait and wait until Dayton pulls the trigger. And he can't see the animal, but he, he smiles and he he wakes up and is alive for the moments that matter. He's um, He's been baptized in our church. He's, he holds the priesthood. He currently serves a mission. It's a service mission, a young church service mission. Wow. And he has a companion right now that they um, they complete his calling together. He is just, he goes camping with our family. We never, he's always there. We don't do anything without him. So I can tell you that takes a lot of effort. It's a lot of work and it's exhausting, but my kids don't know anything different and he would be sad if he was not there. I know that it, um, something I know about Dayton is that he has to have a purpose. And if he has a purpose in this life, he, he continues to be here. He lives. That, so there's so much uh, purpose in his life. That list of accomplishments just gives me chills. I mean, yeah. that is just remarkable. And it's because you've never seen him any differently. You're giving him every opportunity that you would give any of your other children. And I think that is so powerful, even when those things need to be adapted for him, that he feels included. And don't we all just want to belong, Shireen? Don't you just want to have friends and be seen and be known and participate? That's what we all crave. And I think it is so humbling to realize that sometimes we discount these kids that may not be able to communicate or look you in the eye and think, are they understanding? But you see Dayton and you're like, yes, he is. And so you can't discount any of these of these kids and especially the progress that they could potentially make at 20 years old. Oh, I know. Right? It, it, Dayton has more friends than I've ever had. <laughs> I, I, uh, I mean, I am on his Facebook page responding to people. He gets emails. He gets texts. And, um, and I sit next to him and, and ask him what he wants to say. And I have to guess. And I know I'm wrong half the time. <laughs> He's probably like, stop, mom. <laughs> I know. But, but I guess for him, and we talk to people, I mean, he's really more than anything, I think these children that, that cannot communicate, that are nonverbal, they, they are alive. They yes, are breathing. Yes. They are living human beings that need love. And um, just like everybody, just like you said, I, I put Dayton in, he, he was in full inclusion all, all through school as far as I could take it until uh, the school district didn't like that anymore but I fought it to keep him involved and I can tell you that the children in this world are so accepting of those with disabilities mm. they're so much more accepting than we allow and or than we think they may be mm-hmm. they want to know they want to ask questions they they find it interesting and kind of cool and kind of scary and 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 um, just they love to be to learn and yeah. so when we act like as parents we're afraid to teach the world about these children with disabilities and we want to kind of keep them in a bubble. I think we're doing the world a disservice. I think our kids need to be out of their bubbles, out of their safety zones. And, um, you know, I, I had many times I wanted the kids at school to push Dayton in his wheelchair and, and I was told by the teachers, but they might run him into the wall. And I, well, so be it. Kids get run into (laughs) walls. Kids fall off. They do, you know, Dayton's broken so many legs and he's okay. He's very, yes, he's fragile. He, but so, I'd rather him live and love his life being surrounded by his peers than being stuck in a very safe place. Oh, so. that is so 
powerful. And as parents, whether it's, you know, sending our kids off to kindergarten for the first time or, you know, all these separation type things where you're just like, oh, I hope they're ready. I hope they'll, you know, everyone will like them and everything. Like we cannot make them immune from some hurt and some challenges in this life. That is part of what makes them who they are as they can grow and learn from those experiences. How have you been able to communicate that among your other kids as well, that they can face those challenges? We are so fortunate, like I said, because Dayton's the oldest. They don't know anything different. They don't know that our family dynamics, that that it's different (laughs) until they get to be maybe third or fourth grade. And Mm -hmm. then they recognize, oh, wait a second, this is different. Um, So I'm fortunate in that I'm able to kind of create a belief in them as they see us believing in Dayton. Because if Dayton can do it, they can do it. Mm. You know, if Dayton can can do really hard, Dayton can breathe without a breathing machine. Dayton can eat even though he has a, a G-tube, a button. You know, Dayton can go places even though someone has to push him in a wheelchair. And so you guys can do it. You have legs. You have you have eyes. You have the ability to be or do whatever you want to do and to serve people who can't. Mm. You, your your purpose example. in life isn't just to care for yourself, it's to care for other people. Mm. So. so especially when Dayton was younger, how did you tell people about him? What would you tell people about his abilities, and especially children? I would go to Dayton's class and take write a letter from Dayton to class with okay. candy attached, some notes, some candy bars, some sucker, something that the kids like, you know. And I would introduce him at the beginning of every year, whether it was at church or at school. Even now, he goes to institute, and mm-hmm. I'll go at the beginning of the institute year and introduce him. Now, I know I'm a mom, so it's a little more embarrassing, but <laughs> <laughs> but I I try to make it fun. And um, But back when he was little, I would introduce him, and I would list all, you know, the letter would say, this is Dayton. These are all the things he likes. He likes Star Wars. He likes cotton candy. He likes to play outside. He loves the wind in his face. He likes all these things. These are the same that you like. These are, He likes many of the same things you like. He loves books. He loves all these things. And there are things about him that are different, and these are the things about him that are different. So I introduced him in a way that they could see that he was the same as them in many ways before he was different. Mm. I had Rachel Gaynor on the show last week, and she's adopted four black children. And we talked about how, as a white woman, she's dealing with race in her home. And as she tries to talk to other people about, you know, being more accepting of differences, but not ignoring the differences, right? It's a matter of celebrating. We each have unique things about us. And she says, when we're teaching our kids about these differences, like, they will notice the differences, first of all. So they're not going to ignore the fact that Dayton is in a wheelchair and that he cannot speak and things. Like, that's obvious. So by ignoring it or not answering those questions, we're really doing them a disservice. And we're also teaching them how to feel about those differences. We're not teaching them that we can also be his friend if we ignore him in the back of the room because we're not sure how to be. We need to help our kids and facilitate that acceptance and that behavior because we're teaching them how to feel about that. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I love that podcast. I listened to it and I was just smiling all the way through her conversation because I, yes, the more questions that people ask and you just answer, it's you, you open the door for for acceptance, just like she said, it, it's so true. I I love the questions. I don't mind the questions because it shows me that people care. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I'm not offended by the questions. Yes, he's in a wheelchair. Yes, absolutely. So I, ignoring it is awkward. Right. Ignoring it makes people feel funny and like they can't talk to him. And, and I'll be honest, many people do ignore. They look the other way. But many more people will open the door for me when I'm with Dayton. Um, kids especially look, oh my gosh, they look, they ask so many questions. One, one kid was looking and and the mom said, I'm so sorry, he's staring. And my response was, that's okay to stare. Dayton's pretty handsome. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That is right. Hi, everyone. I wanted to take just a quick second to thank our show sponsors. Today, we have two of them. The first is StoryWorth. I'm sure you've been in a conversation with a grandparent or family member when they're telling stories about their life and thought, gosh, I wish I had this written down. Well, StoryWorth is the answer to that very problem. 
StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for loved ones to share their stories and document them. This is how it works. You can purchase a subscription where you are emailed weekly prompts to either type out a response to a question or record your voice. And over the year, it is compiled into a beautiful storybook keepsake. You guys, this is the most amazing thing. When I tried out StoryWorth, I was amazed at what an incredible resource this is for your family. As my grandparents are getting older, I really wanted to make sure that their stories are kept and saved forever. And so by buying them a subscription, they're able to respond to these weekly prompts and it gets them thinking about questions that may not occur to them on their own. By being prompted to ask these questions to my grandparents, I recently learned that my grandpa, when he was serving in the military, when he was much, much younger, he actually did bull riding on the weekends. Bull riding! (laughs) That would have never come out had it not been for StoryWorth's prompts. These are incredible ways to stay connected to your families. So I really encourage you to check out storyworth.com slash EMP. Using that link will give you $20 off a StoryWorth subscription, and that way you can enjoy these answers for years to come with your family. So again, that's storyworth.com slash EMP for Extraordinary Moms Podcast, EMP. You can also head over to our website, extraordinarymomspodcast.com, and there will be a link over there for you to get $20 off of your subscription. I hope you'll check that out for the holidays, either for a gift for yourself or for someone that you love. Thank you so much to StoryWorth for sponsoring this podcast. And next, I wanted to thank canvaspeople.com for also sponsoring today's show. You know I love my Canvas People canvas. I have my beautiful 16 by 20 canvas of my Christmas card photo hanging up in my living room. I just got it up there, and everybody comments when they walk in, Jessica, where did you get that beautiful canvas? And I tell them, canvaspeople.com. And you guys can get a free canvas that's 11 by 14 just by using the promo code extra mom. If you use the promo code extra mom, you can get a free 11 by 14 canvas and you just pay shipping. Christmas is coming up. You are looking for the perfect gift, right? For your grandparents, for your parents, print out a beautiful photo on canvaspeople.com. It literally took me six minutes to place my order. All you have to do is go to canvaspeople.com, upload any photo you want, make sure you're all centered and all the sizing is good. Enter the promo code extra mom pay the shipping, and you're done. Six minutes tops. You guys, this is going to be the most beautiful, heartfelt gift you could give your family. You'll be so impressed with the quality, the customer service. I love working with Canvas people, and this is the perfect time of year to really treat somebody. Whether you're giving it as a gift or buying a new picture for yourself, this is the gift that keeps on giving. So check out canvaspeople.com, and I want to thank them so much for sponsoring the show today. All right. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Shireen. I know you are. Grab your tissues. You're certainly going to need them by the end of this episode. And so let's talk about Dayton's Legs video that came out six or seven years ago. Can you tell me about that experience in your life for people that have not seen the video yet? I'm going to link to it on the show notes, definitely on our website. But will you tell me about that experience and how that experience impacted your family? Yeah, so... um... So like I said, I had Dayton, I have, I believe in full inclusion. I know not all moms believe in that and that's okay. I think we all walk our own journey and walk and, but for Dayton's life, it has been the best thing for him. So I had him in regular classes. I had him in, in church, regular church activities. And he was um, 12 years old at the time. And he was in a, a church group, a youth group that they grew up with him mm-hmm. basically, or, you know, in the, since we'd moved here and, um, and they were doing an activity where it was a little triathlon, like a, a triathlon. And the leader of the group of 12-year-old boys, he was the, it's called the deacon's president. He decided that, well, I think everyone should be a part of this. How about Dayton? You know, so he asked Dayton, Dayton, would you like to participate? And Dayton blinked. And so he said, okay, we're going to include Dayton and I'm going to push him and pull him through this race. And the the most wonderful thing about that is, is, um, it just shows that he, he's a kid, he's a kid and he can do this as a kid. You know, it's mm. not hard to just ask a child's disabilities, Hey, do you want to do this? And then to think of it, think outside the box, be creative. How can I, how can I get you to do this? How can we do this together? So the video is a message, it's a Mormon message. Um, just a little, I think it's a three minute video of Dayton and Spencer doing this triathlon together. And that video has gone, um, worldwide and 
that's when I, I've gotten in contact with so many people because they'll message Dayton and uh, they'll ask, can I race with him? Oh. And so I've had several people race with Dayton. Currently, there's a, a man that is training to qualify for Boston with Dayton next year. He no. ran with him last year. And um, it's, it's just, it's given Dayton opportunities to participate in many, many things. But I think it's just shown the world that there's so much goodness in, in caring and on both ends, on the, the person without disabilities and the person with disabilities. It just opens up so many blessings when you serve the way that, that Spencer and Dayton served one another. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Spencer. <laughs> he was what, 13? He was 13, 13. yes. Uh-huh. Asking his friend Dayton, who has special needs, if he wanted to be included in this race. Yeah. 13-year-old boys tend to not be so perceptive about the needs of others. They tend to be fairly self-focused. I mean, what does that say about Spencer? And how did he end up like with such wisdom at 13 that, no, Dayton should be included in this. He should be a part of this. Yeah, Spencer's a good, a very good friend. He's a very kind. He's um, So many kids are like that, though, so mm. many more than we think. You know, Dayton has so many good friends like that that just wanted to reach out and love him. And it, it says a lot about Spencer. It says a lot about his parents. Yes, it does. It, it says a lot about just um, what he valued. You know, it wasn't all about him. And that's true. It, this wasn't about Spencer. And so that's, he, he's currently serving a mission as well. He writes Dayton's letters. Dayton and he <laughs> both email and they're friends. I mean, they'll always be friends. Yeah. Oh, that is just such a special bond. So if you have not seen Dayton's Legs video, I'll link to it at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. It, I can't even think about it without crying. That's what I told you. <laughs> It's yeah, true. It is. And I have and I have three boys, you know, and yeah. I want my sons to be the ones that see the one in the room that needs to be pushed or that needs to be included. I want those to be my boys. And as I see those examples, it gives me a better idea of the things I need to be doing even now as my kids are younger to prepare them for a time when they're going to be stepping up and making those decisions as they're older. So thank you for sharing that story. And um, I'm so glad that they took that opportunity to share your family and Spencer's family as well. And that special experience. How incredible. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was so, it was emotional for me. I had no idea that that was going to be broadcast that way. Mm. And um, I'm overwhelmed every time I still watch the video because the kindness and the goodness that exists in people is just it's, it's miraculous. And we can look at all of the negative out there. There's so much and there's so much difficulty and, and so many people aren't kind to these kids with disabilities, but so many are. Mm. And this group of boys ended up taking Dayton down to the Grand Canyon, uh, Spencer and this, you know, all of those boys that were in that quorum and they pushed him all the way to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, pushed wow. him all the way out. Wow. And, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. And so all these boys watched Spencer do this and thought, well, I can do it. I can do that too. Wow. You know, so it made a difference in Dayton's life, but I think in many other people's lives, this video. Yes. Oh, well, it has in mind. It has in mind. Is there any small part of you though, Shireen, as a mom, where you get worried for Dayton? Like you were going to push my son down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and get him back up again? <laughs> uh, that sounds a little much. Well, Is there any part of you that feels yes. that at times? Oh, yes. My husband went with them. Okay. <laughs> he was the leader, and I went along to watch, okay. quote, unquote. Uh-huh. But I don't always do that. It's it's usually, you know, my husband was, was the scout leader, so one of. So he was with Dayton through all of these adventures. And now I I think Dayton's older that I'm not as nervous. But, yes, I was concerned. When he would do anything like big like that, I would, you know, my husband would go. I, I do have to say raising a child with special needs alone is very very hard I have so much respect for single mothers single fathers who are doing any type of care for their children without their their Mm, spouse mm. Um, because I I was able to take a back seat sometimes when my husband would take over or he takes a back seat and I take over and that way when you are fearful you are able to do the things your, your kid can do the things that you want them to do because there's someone else to take up the slack at home I think that's really important to acknowledge that that team aspect is really important. And if you don't have that spouse on your side, you know, finding other kind of respite care to to be able to yeah. to be able to, you know, what I I need to just sit back on this one and and let somebody else yeah. take the lead. I think that's 
I'm sure just critical for for your own self-care. How do you take care of yeah. yourself on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> you're, you're so cute. You are gorgeous. You are just so gorgeous. Oh, you're so nice. You're so nice. I, You know what? I run. Okay. I run. Mm. I, I get up early. I feed Dayton at 4 o'clock in the morning, and then I run. Mm. And I'm home, and I listen to podcasts, and I listen to spiritual um, scripture or music. I love music, and it is my time to not be needed. Mm. And I've done that ever since he was born. So mm. even when I you know, had him and he had seizures, I'd push him. Or if I have a nursing baby, I go around the nursing baby schedule. But it is just my own time without being needed that I spend. So that helps me because my days are not mine. They are my kids. Mm. as many moms are and um but <sighs> Dayton takes up a lot of time um and so I have to find moments for myself and it has been a challenge I'll be very honest it's been a huge challenge for me to figure it out I've had to let my husband also do things his way mm. as moms <laughs> that's hard <laughs> it is. you know <laughs> we think that we know the right way and um my husband's name is Wes Wes has figured out He's been so creative. He's figured out ways where we were able to simplify Dayton's life that I thought would be impossible. I mean, he can't, he can't possibly do that. And my husband would say, yes, he can. We can do it. This is how we're going to do it. And I've had to let him do it his way. Can you so tell me I an example of that? Right. I'm so curious. Yeah. So Dayton, I have him on a six. He eats six times a day and mm-hmm. my husband shortened it to five. I thought Dayton would, his stomach wouldn't tolerate it. He would throw it up and... Mm. And uh, he said, no, we can do this. This is what time we need to feed him at this time, this time, you know, five times. And I've, I'll take care of this last feeding. And um, so simplifying the amount of time that he needed to be fed. The most recent one, it was a, well, he's done several. He's created a lift for our van because mm-hmm. with six kids, how do you fit all six kids in a car and go out of town? Right. I mean, with one with disabilities and a wheelchair, it's very, very hard. So he's built a lift it took two and a half years to put into our van um the most recent one Dayton had a surgery and it was very it was a very difficult surgery I had just had my sixth baby so she was a newborn Dayton had a spinal straightening surgery for his scoliosis and he ended up getting a pressure sore on his tailbone his tailbone broke through his tailbone broke and he he ended up getting a wound and c diff diarrhea and um it yeah that was so difficult and I struggled so much through that and um and so now Dayton can't use the bathroom he can't pee or poop like I would hope he could and I hope that's okay to say on this show but that's real real life he can't use the restroom normally and he was always diapered before although I would call it restrooming because that's respectful but Mm -hmm. um now I have to straight cath him and I have to straight cath him every three hours and so my husband figured out a way to um, use his feeding bag to put onto the catheter at night so that I wouldn't have to get up in the night to care for him and he wouldn't wake up, you know, wet with the, with the catheter into his diaper. And so he uses a feeding bag to, to put that catheter into the feeding bag, an empty bag so that it fills the bag because I didn't want to do the surgery of a bag quite yet for Dayton. Wow. So Little, I know that sounds so little, but that changed my life tremendously. That was this past summer um, because bathing Dayton isn't as difficult. Wow. Because he's, he wakes up in a, you know, he, in a cleaner state. Oh, so, yeah. That is yeah. incredible that those inspirations would come to his mind and that he yeah. would be able to figure out those things yeah. that most of us never even consider. Oh, yeah, it's, it is incredible. And I think that I'm always just in the mode of, okay, let's get it done. Let's get it done. But I'm not ever thinking creatively and he'll sit back and he'll take the time and he'll, yeah. it is inspiration. It's Absolutely. amazing. And yeah. so aside from, you know, feeding five times a day, starting at 4am and bathing him daily, what else does your day look like? Can you just give us a little glimpse into your day to day now at age 20? Yes. Yeah, so my day to day is I, um, oh, it's so much, and I I feel bad even even being you know saying that it's so much. Everybody has so much, um, but for me in my day to day, I get up at four. I'm home by six thirty. Well, I can't leave till you know I don't leave till six thirty or, or sleep. Get up at four. Leave, leave about four thirty four forty five after I take care of Dayton, 
and my kids all leave school at different times. I have a senior, you know, one in junior high, two in elementary school, one in preschool. And so after I, I run, I come home, I get them all out the door at all different times, and then I take care of Dayton and and my preschooler because she's home with me. And so after I bathe him, it's usually not till 10 o'clock or 10.30 in the morning that I'm actually finished with my morning chores and chores of bathing kids and feeding and all of that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so I can't, I, I just know I can't run errands um, until 10, 10.30, and then I need to straight cath and feed Dayton again around 1230. So I have two hours to do whatever I need to do. And then 1230 to 130, I take care of him again and my kids get home at 230. So my day is pretty choppy. I don't have very much time to accomplish very many things, but um, I'm trying to figure it out. I, yeah. I think it's a process. Like I said, it's a process. It hasn't always been the schedule. So I know that things will change once my daughter's in kindergarten, I think I'll have more time with just Dayton and I. And um, anyway, then my kids get home from school, and I have them involved in as many activities as I possibly can for my own ability to get them to, my own ability to um, to carpool and things, because I want them to feel as important and as loved as Dayton. Mm. And so I've really made it an effort to um, include them in whatever they prefer, want to try, you know, whether it's a sport. My oldest is in volleyball. She's been in sand volleyball. My husband coaches her for her sand volleyball. Wow. And then my other children are in piano or tumbling or soccer, um, swimming. I, I try to get them to all of their activities in the afternoon, but we're very much a very close family. We don't do a whole lot of extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't eat out very often. We we're home a lot, and and it's all that my kids know. So they don't know to complain, or they help. They are always helping. They help me do the chores in the afternoon, and they don't realize that they're really helping me. Yeah, and what a gift that they will grow up knowing how to contribute to the family, you know, and not feeling like they were raised so entitled to you know have every whim indulged in, you know. And I think that's something that. A lot of families do fall prey to, and that is just not your norm. And so that's that's a that's a great blessing. Oh, it is. I think sometimes, you know, I, I when I get on my pity party because I have, I think, oh, this is so hard. And then I remember just what you said. This is such a blessing. Your kids are learn. You know, I'm sad that they can't do all the things that they may want to do. Mm-hmm. And then I think that what you just said, they don't know. They're not entitled. They don't have that entitlement. They know that they. If we are going to go on vacation, then they better pack their stuff and they better help us get diapers and and catheters and feeding supplies for Dayton. And when we're there, we can't run a million places. We're going to have to always be slow and lift and come home for lunch so we can take care of Dayton again. And they, they, they're okay with it. They Mm -hmm. don't complain. They're just, um, it's a love that they have for him. It's a love that they know that he has for them that he wants, he wishes, he wishes that he could allow them to do all these things that they want to do, but they, they, it's a very, it's a, it's a, let's see, it's a mutual understanding of love between Dayton and his five siblings, and I have put my, my children into rooms with Dayton, so they all have had an opportunity to share a room with him, so that they can learn the way that he sounds when he sleeps, so they can sleep through it, they learn to, um, him. I think when yeah. you share a room with somebody, you learn to love them, and he learns to love each sibling that way. Wow! So that's that was a uh, that was something I think that I am grateful that I even thought of in the beginning. That is really genius because I would think like, oh, we just need you know a separate space and whatever's easiest, and you know. But what a what? How does that affect the rest of the family if they're not feeling included in this? And so that's a really beautiful yeah. insight that you had. Yeah, it was a blessing. Well, when they were all in my tummies, you know, I would put the the sound, what what do you call the baby monitor yeah. on Dayton so that they would hear his sounds because that he's noisy. He's a noisy sleeper. He has mm. seizures and he breathes. He has sleep apnea. So I wanted them to get used to his sounds before they were born so they would sleep through his sounds. Really? As newborns. Yeah. You're a genius. 
Some people play baby Mozart, but this is Dayton's sounds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Dayton's sounds. So now they all sleep. We can go camping and they sleep through all of his noises. And we're all in one little trailer together and they share a room with him. And we can go, you know, to a hotel and he's never separated. They, they're so used to him and wow. his sounds. So it, it has been a blessing there. Wow, that is just truly incredible. Because there are some things in my day-to-day life, it's like, I don't want to load my three seemingly easy kids to go to Target because that's just a pain. But then when you put things in perspective of the story that I'm hearing right now, it's like, that should not be a complaint at all. So what do you you say to people? It's hard. Any situation we're in is hard for Mm -hmm. sure. Uh, But yeah, loading Dayton and going to Target you know, much different than mine. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And so all of us have things in our life that come up where it just feels like that's too hard. Like, are we really going to do this? Are we really going to get through this? How have you been able to face those, those hurdles in your own life? And what would you tell somebody else that's maybe facing something challenging with a lot of uncertainty ahead? I think allowing somebody to say that it's hard and telling them, yes, it is hard. Mm. Um, Being that empathetic person that doesn't say, oh, you can get over it. Oh, you can do it. It's not a problem. Just think positively. I think allowing each person to feel their own hard, wherever their hard is, and accepting that it's difficult and that you support them and that they can figure it out. There's going to be a way that they can solve whatever that hard problem is or Time will pass and they will see a light and there mm-hmm. there's hope, mm-hmm. but it is hard. Yeah. And um, I wish that I had had a, a friend during all of this. I've had a few, but somebody like me who could just do that for me mm. and say, Shereen, it's so hard. I know it's so hard and it's okay. Because people probably think you want to hear, you're doing such a great job. Oh, look at you. Like, and, and want to praise you and kind of minimize the struggle. They probably think maybe right. that's what you're you're wanting. Right, but really, exactly. you just want empathy. And if you haven't been in your shoes, it is very hard to fully grasp what your life is like for you, Shireen. But recognizing we all have our hearts, I think that helps. Yeah, yeah, it does help. And it doesn't minimize anybody else's heart. Sure. You know, if I have a son with disabilities and you have three boys and we're both going to Target, yeah. your heart is hard, my heart is hard. And I think, too, mm. sometimes people don't want to um, – they feel guilty that they think that their heart isn't as hard as mine. And that puts us on a different level. And I, I don't want that because then that makes me even more alone mm. because there's so much more similarities to every mom than, than we may think, even though we're doing walking our own walk, living our own life, doing our own journey. We're still moms with the same desires and same hopes and same fears and struggles, oh, just maybe yes. in different ways. Yes. And as you listen to all the different podcasts and you hear from all these different moms, yes, their lives look so much different than yours and their hearts look different, but we can all learn from each other's stories so, so much. And that's why I think it's so important to share these stories and recognize the value in our own voice and in our own journeys. Oh, absolutely. I love your podcast for that reason. And I love the beginning of what you say is that we're all different moms on different journeys. Yeah. I love it because we are all different moms and we're, none of us are better than others, mm-hmm. you know, and each of your children, like you, you said before, are given to us for a reason and a purpose. And I am the perfect mom for my children and you mm-hmm. are the perfect mom for yours. And you are doing it. You are doing it. Shireen, I mean, it's it's remarkable to me that, you, yes, you had that degree before having Dayton in recreational therapy, and in a way that was preparatory to being able to handle what you were dealt in, in life, but in what other ways are you a different person and mom today because of the six kids that you have been given to mother? Well, I'm so different, I and I think we all are as we grow older, yes. right? We become more wise, but I am so different in that things don't matter to me that used to matter. Um, perfectionism. I, I was I struggled with perfectionism for a long time, and it just it doesn't matter. You know, I also had a hard time with people with disabilities. You know, not hard time. I just I felt scared or... I was unsure. I am so not unsure of people that look different. I don't care if they have a disability or if they're just not like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm different there. I'm much more patient. I'm not perfect. No, I, I do have my moments, but I just see all of my kids truly as being my equal. 
it's different than I imagined. I always wanted to be a mom. I wanted lots of kids. And each child came to us. It was, you wouldn't believe it, but it was very difficult to have the four in the middle. They were all fertility babies. Um, And it was so hard, but I, I love each one of them. And I, I see life differently in that um, things just don't matter that I used to think mattered. The Mm. things that matter really, we're here to love. That's it. We're here to love. We're not here to get straight A's. We're not here to get this awesome degree. We're not here to make a lot of money. We're here to learn how to communicate and love and share with each other and and feel loved by ourselves and by those around us. You have to accept it as well. You can't just give it. Mm. Oh, my gosh. You are incredible. Like, Do you realize how incredible you are? Like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm awesome. Look at me go. <laughs> No, absolutely not. I have struggled too. I have struggled so much to get to where I am and I have so much farther to go. And thank you for saying that. That's so kind. It's true. I I mean it. I feel very blessed. Thank you. And I think so much of it just has to do with with perspective in life, right? And when you're able to to acknowledge it and not just, you know, put under the rug, oh yeah, this is just what we've been dealt. It's fine. It's fine. It's it, a lot of it's not fine, but no. you're doing it anyway, and you are making the most of what you've been dealt, and that's what we all have the opportunity to do in this life, and you're just doing it very well, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice. You know, oh, I, I haven't had perfect days every day, but when I sit down and I look at my life, I would not want anyone else to have it. I want it. I want my life. Oh. I want my children the way they are. I don't want Dayton to be healed for me. I want him to be healed for him. I love him the way he is. I love each of my kids the way they are. And I have thought, you know, I have, I have sisters, lots of four sisters. And if any of them had Dayton, I think I might be jealous. I think, you know, because, and that, that in a very nice way, I'm not, Yeah. I just, I am so grateful for what I have because it's making me be different. It's making me be um, kinder, softer, just less stressed. Wow. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, the tears are starting. So this is where we're stopping. <laughs> Shireen, I appreciate thank you. you. Thank you for even saying that about me. That thank- is such a huge compliment. Thank well, you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You're incredible. Um, so for people that want to see Dayton's legs video, it will be on extraordinarymomspodcast.com. Are you anywhere else online? Do you blog or is there anywhere else people can find you? You know what? You can always go to Dayton's Facebook page. Okay. He accepts all friend requests <laughs> if I can see that they're people, you know. And um, but I post things there. Okay. On, you know, on his life. Okay. And so that's probably the best way. Amazing, Shereen. I always ask my guests one final question, and it's this: What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? I've thought about that question as I've listened to your podcast many times, even before I knew that you would be um, asking me to to answer that. <laughs> My pre-motherhood self, I would probably tell her that, um, I hope it's okay to be religious on your show, but Heavenly Father is very well aware of you. Um, God or whoever you may believe is watching you, is watching you. And he knows you. He, um, He will provide a way for you to do whatever you hope to do. There's always a way. And you're known. You're known to him. You're known to, to the person that created you, whoever you think that is. And I, um, I've always known that, but I have seen it. Things and miracles happen in my life daily, probably because I'm looking for them, but I know they're there. Mm. Um, there's always a way that has been created for Dayton to be able to be a part of life and a part of this world. And my kids, my other typical kids, you know, they're, they're going to be okay. So when I worry and when I wonder, I just, I think to have more faith in a supreme being, that eternal person that is watching you, is aware of you, knows your name and will help you. You're never, ever alone. There is no greater comfort than that, is there? Oh my goodness. Shireen, this has been such a blessing to me this morning. What a great way to start my day. Thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you for sharing Dayton. And to all of your other kids, I can only imagine how incredible they are. <laughs> oh, next are next episode, we'll do a whole episode on your other kids. <laughs> oh, Jessica, thank you. I think you're incredible. You're an incredible mom. Thank oh. you for having me. Such a joy and such an honor. Oh, thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I told you to grab your tissues. I warned you. <laughs> That's the least I can do. Is Shireen incredible or what?
that conversation just helped me so much to really put it into perspective what I am blessed with. And my life is not perfect. It is has its own challenges that are very different than Shireen's, but are challenges nonetheless. And I love that she validated anybody else's challenges, no matter how extreme or seemingly small they are. If they matter to you, they matter. And so acknowledging that is huge and giving yourself that space and that grace, that is important. Um, Gosh, I just walked away from this interview just so blown away by the people in this world that are given these children for a reason. Like, isn't she the perfect mom for Dayton? Don't you believe that? But if you believe she's the perfect mom for Dayton, we have to believe we're the perfect mom for our kids. We're not going to mother perfectly, but they were meant for us. I believe that with my whole heart and soul. And I hope that you believe that too. Even on your hardest days when they are challenging you and testing you to your limits, you can do this. They're yours for a very specific reason because you can do it. So thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope if you haven't already, you'll go to ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com to look at Dayton's Legs video you will be weeping all over again. And it's a great video to show your kids as well. My boys have seen it multiple times now, and that is who I want my kids to grow up to be like. These compassionate teenagers who look outside themselves and see a friend. They don't see his disability. They see a friend. So I need Spencer's mom on here too, huh? So thanks for tuning into the podcast today. If you don't already, you can follow me on Instagram at jessicadalquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. And like I said, um, links to everything we talked about in today's show, Dayton's Facebook page, Dayton's Likes video, pictures of the Hayward family will all be at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com in addition to other episodes if you're new around here. This Friday, I'm going to highlight a favorite book I've been reading lately for a book club episode, so I hope you'll join me on Friday. And then next week, we have a great season finale episode on Tuesday, my interview with Live Free Miranda, Miranda Anderson, who is a wonderfully inspiring and adventurous mom who you are going to love getting to know better if you are not already familiar with her. So thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Thanks again to StoryWorth and CanvasPeople.com for sponsoring the show. And we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.